They may be called the next generation, but they're the church of today. Reach, disciple, and mobilize students to share the hope of the gospel. This is Next Gen On Mission with Shane Pruitt. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Next Gen on Mission podcast. I am so glad that you have joined us today. My name is Shane Pruitt, and uh, we have a very special guest with us today that I'm so excited about as we talk about calling out the called and uh, calling out the next generation and vocational ministry uh, and living on mission, all those great things. And so today, uh, is a friend of mine with us, Dr. Scott Pace, is the Vice President of Undergraduate Studies and the Dean at the College at Southeastern. He also holds the Johnny Hunt Chair of Biblical Preaching at Southwest, uh, Southeastern Seminary. He's an author, speaker, <laughs> husband, father, all-around good dude. Uh, and man, that's really cool what Scott about holding that chair of Johnny Hunt, because as you know, that is, uh, man, my mentor and friend and who I get to serve with at the North American Mission Board. So, Dr. Pace, Scott, welcome to the Next Gen on Mission podcast, my friend. Hey, so glad to be here. And uh, you're right, I'm excited, uh, not just about being here, but man, it's an honor to be associated uh, with Johnny Hunt, obviously. He's a good friend and a dear brother and a mentor of mine as well. So we have that in common. That's one more thing you can add to the list of all the stuff that we've laughed about, all that we have in common. Oh, yeah, no doubt, brother, no doubt. Hey, well, hey, Scott, before we get too spiritual, tell us one fun fact about you that we may not already know, but we definitely need to know about you. Man, I, I bet there's a lot of people who don't know this. There's no way they would. <laughs> I have a secret guilty pleasure, and it's bluegrass music. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not oh, totally man. random, but I, that's why you wouldn't know it. But man, I love bluegrass music. If uh, if I've got Sirius XM or something like that, I've always got a programmed station of bluegrass, and I'll turn it on and... Uh, it just sets my mood, man. Like, so I'm a bluegrass fan. So who's, like, your favorite artist in that? I, man, I've got a lot of them. Like, if you go on the gospel side, like, you hear a guy like named Doyle Lawson. But right now, I think my favorite band or group is Carolina Blue. <laughs> see, so, the, yep, see yep, this I is so how... I, I threw you <laughs> off, man. <laughs> see, this is so... Uh, this just reveals how out of touch I am with bluegrass. It's like, I, I don't know either either one of those. I don't know. You could have said... You could have made up a name, and I'd been like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, you asked for a random fact, man. That's a funny fact that people are like, that is the weirdest, like, strangest thing you could have ever said, but whatever. Hey, I love it, man. I love it, man. That's great. Hey, well... <laughs> Well, Dr. Pace, you're around the next generation all the time as you travel and speak, but man, you're educating the next generation and those um, who are uh, about to go into the workforce or feel called to ministry. So all that to say, you're around the next generation all the time. Uh, Tell us, what do we need to know about the next generation? Yeah, you know, the funny thing is, is they're often kind of categorized as this entitled generation. But uh, when you get to know them, Shane, as you do uh, as well, like speaking to them all the time and engaging with them, uh, these guys are teachable, moldable, hungry. They're wanting some direction from people who genuinely care about them, uh, and they're eager to find it. And they'll they'll be as sold out as anybody if they actually have reason to be. Mm-hmm. And if you give them the, the right understanding, if they have reason to be, man, they're all in. Um, and so they're eager, hungry, everything else. That's that's what I love about uh, this generation, for sure. 
Yeah, no doubt. Man, and I agree with you completely, Scott. It's like often whenever I hear um, people like really like criticize the next generation or like bash the next generation about things, it often my immediate first thought is, I don't know that you're really around the next generation very much because when people do that, I'm like, I don't see it. You know what I mean? And so like often yeah. when I hear those that are most critical of the next generation, I immediately almost make assumptions that they're probably not around very many of them or they're yeah, around because, a few that yeah. gave them a bad taste in their mouth or something, you know? Yeah, yeah that's exactly right. You know, they, they, they're basing it on a caricature, whether it's been their experience that's been limited and their exposure, or whether it's been what they've heard other people say, yeah, um, that type of thing. But it's largely a caricature that's not very accurate, um, quite honestly. Like many of our caricatures aren't. We're, we're all guilty of uh, creating those for for other people, but uh, yeah, it's oftentimes not very accurate. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, man, I, I thank you for that encouragement and and affirmation of what God's doing in the next generation. And so, let's talk about calling and being called to serve the Lord and the local church and to live on mission. And so we know like biblically New Testament that every believer is called to serve the Lord. Every believer is called to serve the local church. In a sense, every believer is to live on mission. Um, So we understand that. But let's talk about like the vocational call to ministry, to give your life away to the local church or to be a leader or to give your life away to the mission field. Like, Talk about that. What is the difference between vocational ministry calling and then just being called to serve the local church? Yeah, that's, it's, and you're, you're absolutely right. And I think uh, the conversation in recent years has really emphasized, and rightly so, uh, the universal calling. So when mm-hmm. I say universal calling for yeah, all like believers, yeah, like I'm— that. Yeah, the call for the call to salvation, the call to serve, the call to surrender—all of those are a universal calling for believers. Um, and, but there's a distinction, right, that we have mm-hmm. to make because, in some ways, we've leveled the conversation so much, we've flattened it out that what we, we've lost the conversation about a unique calling. Yeah. What is my individual calling? Yeah. And I think that's where we want to equip all. Listen, not everybody's called to uh, vocational ministry. But everybody does have a unique or individual calling that God's designed them for. Like God, God converts us, and God uh, wants to conform us according to that calling. And uh, I, I don't think we can ignore or dismiss or minimize that some people are called to vocational ministry. You see it all through the scriptures, man, um, whether it's specific prophets in the Old Testament. Even Jeremiah kind of references it. Uh, you know, that I was set apart uh, from before you know, I was still in my mother's womb yeah. uh, to be a prophet to the nations. Uh, there was a unique calling of God uh, to use him in that way. And I think when you fast forward to the New Testament, you see, you know, Jesus invited all people to be his disciples. But he went around and identified 12 in that unique capacity um, that they served in. And Paul's the same way. So I, I just don't think the universal calling trumps or blankets or dismisses or in some ways. Uh, kind of minimizes the unique calling we have. And some of those individual callings are to particular vocational ministry. Man, I love Scott. I tell you what, man, this conversation, this podcast episode is already worth its weight in gold by how you just described <laughs> the difference between a universal calling and unique calling. I love that. And man, honestly, I've never heard yeah. it described that way. Um, and so, man, I'm just going to tell you, I, I'm going to steal that. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you credit <laughs> about the first three to four times. And then after that, you know, I'm going to make it my own. <laughs> I'm just, I'm totally kidding. I'm going to quote you every time. Man, that is awesome, man. That was so helpful. Yeah. 
Well, it's it's part of what I, you know, kind of discerned in my own calling yep. to, to ministry. You know, I was called um, after I was already serving in a, in a public vocation. So I've got an accounting degree. I was working in the private and then the public sector uh, in accounting, but serving the local church as an active member and uh, teaching, you know, small groups and doing various things. And, uh, and when God called me into vocational ministry, and there was a distinct change uh, that happened there. And that's when I began to understand kind of that distinction that I just mentioned, that universal calling. Hey, everybody's called to do this. But quite honestly, I was convicted uh, with the parable of the talents one morning in my quiet time. There was a lot of different factors that folded in there, it culminated into that. Uh, but man, I, am I burying what was not a talent in a, you know, kind of an ability type of way, but a talent in terms of what God had entrusted to me, a stewardship responsibility to say, this is what I've gifted you to do and prepared you to do. I'm calling you to do this. And, uh, man, I was, I, I was convicted. I was burying uh, my calling. Man, I love that. Well, man, Scott, thank you. So you, you shared your story of being called into vocational ministry. So with that in line, how can someone know if they're called to vocational ministry? Okay, so like how, do, how does an individual know if, if God's given them a, a unique calling within their universal calling? So how, how does someone yeah. know that? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think the unique uh, calling to vocational ministry um, is going to be discerned through your active involvement uh, in the local church and your faithful devotion to Christ. Um, the things that you're gifted at, as well as the areas, places, ways God wants to use you, are going to kind of unfold and develop in front of your eyes um, through that. You know, the, the sad thing is, I think a lot of people go into vocational ministry, Shane, uh because they either feel I want to do the best thing I can do to pay God back for my salvation, mm -hmm. which is uh, mm -hmm. got some theological problems yeah, right, right with it. Right. But in a sincere way, it's a sincere yeah. heart. They, they feel like they got to do that. And that somehow other vocations aren't as valuable to God. And I think we have to be clear. I wouldn't say that. I don't think you would say that. I don't think the Bible says that uh, people are called to other vocations that aren't ministry that are just as valid, that are just mm -hmm. as essential to the kingdom of God. Sure. Um, so, so I don't think that's the reason or the way to discern. I want to do everything I can for God. So I'm going to go, you know, get a vocational ministry, uh, type of role, or, uh, they just kind of default there. I don't really want to know what God wants me to do. And so I'm just going to do ministry. And in both of those scenarios, dude, you, you know, as well as anybody, you're not going to last in ministry. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the hardships, the difficulties, the challenges will squeeze you out. So I think the best way to discern it is through the active involvement of your local church, exercising your gifts as you do uh, begin to discern them, plugging them into ministry, and then just letting God uh, open opportunities and lead the way. But there will be uh, different ways you can affirm that that we can talk about too. You know how you affirm that calling. Uh, we can we can talk about that too, man. You want to talk about that? Yeah, dude. Yeah, because I think that's so helpful. Because uh, man, you're so right. You know. Uh, and, and of course, this is kind of an over the top example, but I, you and I've been around long enough. We've seen it of where, you know, uh, someone like your grandma told you, you were going to be the next Billy Graham. Right. So you believed it and you got <laughs> right, into ministry right. and got your face kicked in. Right. You know, or, or, you know, I remember myself being 16, 17 in student ministry and go, man, like, man, how fun would that be to be a youth pastor for the rest of my life and hang out with yeah. teenagers and play games and do, go to fun trips? And But <laughs> right. you know, I didn't know what I was talking about, you know what I mean? And so I yeah. think sometimes we might yeah. enter 
uh, down that path with like some wrong perspectives or motivations. Um, and then we're like, wow, this is not at all <laughs> what I thought it was. You yeah, know? And so no, you better absolutely. be called, you know what I mean? You better be called if you're going to go down that path. So yeah. yeah, get into that more, man. I think that'd be super helpful. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I, I think a lot of times, again, it's out of a well-meaning heart, but sometimes, um, there's going to be different factors that combine. I think there's going to be kind of that personal affirmation. I, okay. I described kind of that quiet time uh, that I just felt like God was convicting me and convincing me that this is what I'm calling you to. I think that'll always be there. It's somewhat subjective, but it needs to be measured objectively kind of by the Word of God uh, and the Holy Spirit in your life. And then there's the the kind of the private affirmation. I try and encourage you know uh, students who are discerning that calling, go talk to somebody that is already serving in that capacity. Understand how they were called. See if there's some parallels. What can you, uh, what can they tell you about how it's fleshed out? So like you're describing, man, it, how fun would it be to be a youth <laughs> in youth ministry for all my life? Well, go talk to a youth pastor that's been doing it five yeah. years and get a sense of, is God really calling me to this? Some of that's also going to be on personal experience. Like, dude, if somebody says, I think I might be called to missions, the first thing I tell them, go on a mission trip. Yeah, that's Like right. see how God uses serving in that capacity to affirm it in your heart. And then lastly, there's a public piece, right? So there's that private uh, with another individual who's got a similar calling, who's been doing it. There's the personal aspect devotionally and between the Holy Spirit and God and you. And then there's that public affirmation. When, when you begin to serve in those ways, do people around you affirm your usefulness right. in that? And yeah. do you see the affirmation of God through fruit born from your efforts? Are people um, you know, responding in a way that you see God using you beyond your own abilities, but what he's doing through you. And I think those pieces of affirmation kind of blend together to help cement and confirm that calling. I had a mentor that told me, you know, Scott, if you can go do anything else and be content and, and, and mm-hmm. like, go do that. Uh, it's only when you can't do something else that you should go into vocational ministry. You know, God's called me. I can't go do anything else and be satisfied in him. Um, there's that kind of exclusive type of, uh, aspect to it. Yeah, that's so good. Scott, what would you tell somebody? Because, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll come across these conversations of someone going, man, I know God's called me. Uh, I remember the day, um, but he's just not opening any doors. You know, so, you know, because I feel like part of that calling and affirmation is God opening doors. You know, in a sense, you don't have to Absolutely. chase ministry that God calls you. He came yeah. after you, right? And so, like, right. So what, do you, what would you tell somebody that says, I, I know God's called me, um, but he's just not opening any doors for me to do that, you know? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, and I think this is true for lots of things in the Christian life, but in particular with calling, um, so much of it has to do with preparation and mm-hmm. what we can't see. Yeah. And it's faithfulness in the preparation That's that will ultimately translate into faithfulness uh, long-term. And I, I look at guys in, in Scripture, you can look, man, Joseph knew he was called long before he had the opportunity. David, Mm -hmm. the same way, right? Like, you're going to be the king. Uh, So his uh, uh, anointing came years before his appointing, Mm -hmm. so to speak. And Mm -hmm. so he had to serve uh, for those years. And I think you see that even Paul, you know, went and spent years in Arabia between his calling and then when the opportunities kind of presented themselves. So I I think faithfulness during that season and continued preparation, uh, even though, listen, Waiting on God is one of the hardest things yeah. in, in the Christian life, yeah. uh, but it's the most necessary thing. It's different than waiting in the stoplight or waiting in the doctor's office. Uh, waiting on God is hard, 
But that's where I think a lot of times the preparation that we need that we don't even recognize that we we will one day need uh, God's busy doing. And sometimes it's preparing the place, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he's not just preparing us. He's preparing that opportunity. And maybe the people aren't ready or that opportunity is not ready. So faithfulness and continued volunteer service. If you won't do it uh, in a volunteer capacity, you don't need to be serving in a vocational capacity. Yeah, you know man. what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, like you're if you're not willing bombs. to do yeah. it for nothing, yep. yeah, you, if you're yeah. not willing to do it for nothing, you won't do it for anything. Ooh. So um, I, you, you got to really help students understand and young people recognize it, it doesn't always equate to a position or a platform or some sort of public notoriety. Man, serve in the trenches and in the shadows and let God take care of the the opportunity and even the vocational capacity of it. Man, that's such a good word that's filled with wisdom. I love that. You know, and I was thinking, you know, before serving in the role now as uh, pastoring a a church, uh, man, that was a fast-growing church. God was doing a lot of things. We were reaching a lot of people, and we were close to, um, you know, a Bible college and close to a Christian university. So we had a ton of, like, uh, Bible college students in our church and, and and college students that went to a Christian university. And and so many times I would have uh, young guys that were like, hey, God's called me to ministry. Uh, when can I preach? You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and so I always, but, you know, who I would look for was the guys that they, they, I knew they were called to preach, um, but they were not asking me when they can preach. They were saying, "Hey, what can no, I do around here?" Cares, man. Yeah, hey, oh, yeah. hey, what can I, what can be done around here? Or hey, uh, can I can I go with you to visit the hospital? I want to learn how to do that, you know. Or hey, can right. uh, like hey, what like is there a small group that needs a leader? You know what I mean? Like to me, that yeah. kind of humility, that kind of like that mindset where nothing is beneath you. You know what I mean? Uh, the guys that kind of fly Absolutely. in high and they think there's certain things beneath them. Those are the guys that you're like, Oh man, we need it. We need to take a different direction here. You know? Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. I love it, man. Hey, so Scott, we talked a little bit before about this before we hit record and man, I think it was so helpful. You know, according to statistics, uh, American pastors are older now than they've ever been. And, you know, some of that is, man, guys are taking better care of themselves and understanding that and and living longer and staying healthier longer. So, man, we praise God for that. Um, but I think some mm-hmm. of that, kind, you know, um, that's affecting that statistic, too, is fewer and fewer young men uh, and women are feeling called to ministry or at least going into ministry. Uh, man, could you speak on that? Why do you think fewer and fewer young men and young women are going into ministry. Man, yeah, there's a whole lot of uh, dynamics and tentacles to that conversation. Um, I do think that some of it lies within the conversation about calling, that we flattened it out so much that it's like, hey, everyone's called, and so just do whatever you want to, and that will you know, satisfy or fulfill that calling. Um, and in some ways, we, we haven't carved out that niche to what is clearly a, a vocational call that the Scripture affirms. But then the other elements of it are somewhat cultural. Uh, man, the sad thing is the view of what it means to be in vocational ministry. There's a lack of respect that largely those of us who have been in ministry for a long time um, are guilty of kind of, you know, there's people who have fallen in ministry, people who have done things, made a public disgrace of the cross and, you know, all this type of stuff. And where now you'll meet people who are called to ministry or even haven't been served in ministry. And they almost need to apologize. Well, what do you do for a living? Well, I, I'm a pastor, you know, like almost <laughs> apologizing because it's it's yeah. not respected, it's not uh-huh. looked up. Yeah, and so our, that trickles down into our young people's mm-hmm. mentality of they they don't see that as something that's honorable. 
uh, and they honor be honorable to the Lord, but they don't see it as an honorable place of service yeah. of public ministry. And so I think that's diluted kind of the pipeline, if you will. Um, and then we just haven't done a good job of of really emphasizing uh, the opportunity of calling and is God calling you to this in obedience to that? What it, so it's not obedience on your terms, but obedience, complete obedience and surrender to God to say, God, you've called me to this. I'll say yes and I'll go. Um, yeah. And I, I just don't think we've done it. We've kind of uh, diluted that uh, charge, if you will, that calling out the call. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Scott, for, for the, college student, young adult, teenager that's listening, and they believe that God is calling them into vocational ministry missions, uh, what advice would you give them? What's a practical next step or first step you would give them? Yeah, man, uh, great question, because I think uh, there, there could be students who are sensing, or people, young people who are sensing, I, I feel like God's calling, what do I need to do? I, I'm going to give three real quick practical ones, if that's cool, but yeah. the first one, I just, I just encourage people, purify yourself, Look, man, um, the, the Bible, and Paul talks about it in 2 Timothy 2, that God uses vessels of honor that are sanctified, set apart, and useful to the Master. Mm-hmm. And that just speaks to our personal habits, our personal holiness. So purify yourself, devote yourselves to, to uh, not just devotional habits, but personal habits of holiness. Uh, and then the next thing I would say is position yourself. Man, be in a position where God can clarify and, and confirm and, and kind of, uh, that calling to where you're serving in the local church, you're actively kind of engaging your um, uh, your gifts. So that doesn't mean kind of go snuggle up to somebody and try and get an advantage. Yeah. Uh, it just means to put yourself in a position where there's a lot of times, man, I think God's calling me to this, but you're not actively serving him in any way now. It's hard to confirm that if you're not already kind of exercising your spiritual gifts. So position yourself in a place to hear God speak. Sometimes that is devotionally, but oftentimes that's in places of local ministry and service on a volunteer capacity, like we talked about. So purify yourself, position yourself. And then the last thing is prepare yourself. Uh, We don't know when that timing is going to be, but if you know that God's called you, uh, man, you've got to devote yourself to preparing. If God's called me to that, what do I need to be equipped to do? I'm not going to wait for further opportunity or affirmation to prepare God's actually maybe waiting on you to go ahead and do what you need to, to prepare taking that step. You've seen it chain. I know mm-hmm. a, a ton. I've seen it plenty where students, young people just say yes to that next step of preparation. Maybe that has to do with their formal education. Maybe that has to do with uh, something else in terms of developing their understanding of a foreign language. If they're called to be a missionary in you know, a, a certain area of the world, whatever it may be, take those next steps to prepare and God will, so that I remember a 14-year-old girl came to me one time, Shane, at the end of a service. Jody was weeping, and she just said, you know, Pastor Scott, I, I feel like I'm, God's calling me to missions, and I don't know what that means. And we talked and prayed, and I said, Jody, I don't know what it means either, but if you'll prepare, through two months later, God calls her parents to serve internationally as missionaries. Wow. And she spent the rest of her middle school and high school years serving on the field. And it was through her obedience that God ended up calling her parents. But it was through her faithfulness to begin to prepare that God convicted her parents is this is actually what God's calling us to do. And uh, it's just fascinating. And that's just one story of thousands of those people who are willing to go ahead and prepare. So those would be kind of the practical steps, man. Purify, position yourself and prepare yourself and God and let God's time and do the rest. Man, I love it. You know, a mutual friend of ours, as you're sharing that story, 
I couldn't help but think of uh, what a mutual friend of mine and yours says and J.D. Greer when he says, hey, you put your yes on the table and God will put your yes on a map. You know what I mean? And so yeah, I love that. Like you're exactly just saying, right. here I am, Lord, send me, and he will. You know, and it's kind of what you yep. said earlier. I love that. That was solid gold, too, of that, you know, that anointing before appointing. I love that, man. Mm. This has been so, yep. so helpful, my friend. Well, hey, we always close the podcast conversation with the same omission charge. The heart behind this podcast is to see the next generation realize they are the now generation, not just the future of the church, but they are the church right now. They have a calling now. They have a mission now. Would you give mm. us one closing thought on this? Yeah, I would say, man, to um, that we need to, to leverage our current context and climate. I think this generation, especially with what we're going through now, culturally speaking and, and around the globe, um, it's called, it's raising this question. The bubble is coming to the surface what is really life all about and what mm-hmm. role do I have? How can I make a difference? This question is they've been sitting in their homes for months is they can't do the things they've normally been doing. Dude, the pump is primed for this question to be asked and then answered. And so uh, let's leverage it to help them see that you are the now generation. Um, go ahead and begin to prepare to fulfill your calling. I love it. Dr. Pace, this has been so good. I knew it would, man. I, I love your ability to take really complex things and deep things and make them so understandable. You put them on the bottom shelf where everybody can grab it and attain it. Man, God's just gifted you in yeah. that way. I love it, man. So thank you so much for your time and hanging out with us today. How can people connect with you, uh, like follow you on social media, find you? Um, yeah, tell us how to connect with yeah. you. Yeah, absolutely, man. Whether it's uh, Twitter, you know, Instagram, you follow me, all, all those types of things. I'm happy to connect with you on a personal DM. Uh, obviously Facebook and email, any of those things, um, reach out to me. I'm happy to help any way I can. Shane, I appreciate you having this conversation. It's a conversation that you and I both have talked about several times that we really need to help this conversation become part of the broader conversation in our churches. So thanks for doing an episode on this, man. Yeah, absolutely, my brother. Well, hey, friends, thank you so much for listening to the Next Gen on Mission podcast. I know you've been blessed as I've been blessed. If you have more questions on reaching the next generation or calling or any of those things, please email us at evangelism at nam.net and we'll try to address those on a future podcast. Also, if you like what you're hearing and this is a help to you and your ministry or your context, if you would just subscribe, give us a follow, give us a rating, five-star review, share it with others. And uh, more than anything, we just pray that you have a great rest of your day and tell somebody about Jesus.